We're going to go into another section. Um, and we'll probably pick up on that on Monday, tomorrow, Sunday. There's the call in the morning. And I won't be giving more speaking in the evening. Um, but at night I wanted to open the floor for questions. Do you have a question? No? Yes? It's not a question, but today is, I believe, Shudamara's disappearance day. Oh. Okay. Really? I didn't... Oh, you know. See, I get... Bomsi Das sends me the, uh, the uh, thing every week. But he must not have had that... Yeah, yeah. On the calendar, goodness. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Disappearance. Okay. Appearance, yes. appearance. He appeared in Kartik, probably disappeared in Kartik. Yeah, well, that's certainly an auspicious uh, event, and, um, and, uh, is a very important person in our uh, in our lives. I hope you've all acquainted yourself to some extent with his talks that have been published um, as uh, books, quite a few of them. And there are some original works of his also. Um, probably the most famous of which is the uh, Prapanjivanamrita, the Lives of the Surrendered Souls. A book he wrote uh, quite some time ago that um, I used to have a copy of, um, but um, at that time I was renting a place in Vrindavan throughout the year and going there and spending some time and locking it up when I wasn't there, but it wasn't good enough to lock it up, so things got stolen from there. But I had a copy an old, old original copy from the first printing of the book uh, with uh, Prabhupada had written his name on it twice in the care of A.C. Bhaktivedanta Prabhupada. Prapanna Jivanamrita, The Lives of the Surrendered Souls. Yeah, so Prabhupada uh, had a copy. His uh, sister, Prabhupada who some of you met, paid for the printing of the book also. And um, it is um, a book uh, all about Sharanagati, so the lives of the, the nectar of the lives of the surrendered soul. So the nectar is a grouping of uh, verses that um, fit under the different categories or angas of Sharanagati, basically. Our Sharanagati, as explained by uh, Bhakti Vinod and uh, I believe Ramanuja Charja has six uh, divisions hmm? and so under those six headings he grouped many verses from different uh, uh, texts important to us and so forth and it's a meditative book so he would meditate on a, a one of the um, angas of Saranagati and um, recite such verses and so forth. So, um, Prabhupada apparently took that to heart. And um, also, uh, he of course wrote a commentary on Bhagavad Gita at the, with Prabhupada in, uh, when he was living with Prabhupada two apartments in Calcutta. And one he gave to Sri Maharaj and one he had for his family. This was after the uh, breakup of the Gaudiya month, and uh, so Shudamani would travel sometimes, but that would be his base in Calcutta. So they were writing their Gita commentaries together. Shudamani commented how um, in the Chaturshloki of the Gita, which is where he mo- wrote most, I believe, elaborately, there's only a couple of sections where he writes an elaborate commentary, and he did so in, in that section of the four central verses of the Gita, which touch on the Ragmarg and Brajbhakti, and um, in the Yatesham Satyatyutanam, first verse of the Gita I ever uh, memorized. Uh, you too? Yeah. Krishna says, I give the, those who surrender to me, they worship me with love, I give the intelligence by which they can come to me. He wrote a very 
esoteric parakya bhav explanation of that uh, text um, with the argument that if you're already bhajatam priti purvakam, doing bhajan full of priti, full of love, what is the question of needing intelligence to come to him? Mm -hmm. Hmm? So he gave a gopi bhav explanation. The gopis are completely absorbed in love of him. Still, they have to find him in the middle of the night somehow. So he gives the intelligence by which they can come. Tesham satatiyuktanam bhajatam pritipuvakam dadami buriyogam tam yenamam upayantite upapati. He took uh, from the verbal root that upayanti is derived from, from the same verbal root. You can get upapati, which means, um, pati means husband, upapati means somebody else besides his husband. So it's a so any any anyway, he wrote that, and he told us as it, uh, that um, it was rather a esoteric explanation of the text. Again, in the section where Krishna, this is uh, after, just after the, the, this very emotional, um, feelingful glorification of Bhakti and Anu Bhakti and his devotees comes at the end of the ninth chapter. This chapter sloki carries over into the tenth chapter, uh, right at the beginning there. Um, so it, it is, uh, if you look carefully at the text, uh, the Gaudiya Charis have found uh, that, uh, as it must be, that uh, Krishna is on the battle of Kurukshetra, it's a Dharma Kshetra. They talk about Dharma. As I said in my commentary, he's been there before. And that was previously when he met with, with the inhabitants of Vrindavan during the solar eclipse. He met the gopis. So Kurukshetra becomes an Udipana for remembering their love in the Yuga Milan there in Kurukshetra. When he's speaking to Arjun in the context of speaking about Dharma, he has to touch on, tip off, if you will, into Prema Dharma. So anyway, Shudamarsh is explaining um, those verses along those lines. And then he, point anyway I'm making is that he, he told us that he showed it to Prabhupada and said, what do you think? <laughs> and Prabhupada said, must be, it must be, yes, it must be so. So they were writing their, their commentaries at that time. Prabhupada was dedicated, as you know, to Baladev Vidyabhushan. You mean he didn't dedicate it to Bhakti Siddhanta? What? Yeah. I said, mm, cool. Jumping over, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's okay to chant Jai Bhakti Vinod sometimes, so, <laughs> as we do, right? Or by Prabhupada's grace or by our Guru's grace, we become a enter into the family of all such persons that we have access to them all in our lives. Not by meeting your father, you have no access to the grandfather or uncles, granduncles, and maybe the great great grandfathers and so forth. Especially they're all eternal. So, by having one real guru, you have many. By having many, but not one, you have none. <laughs> none where you actually hang, hang your head. And uh, so, but the, again, experience of having one is to have many. So we have a couple. Anyway, Pujapatrita Marsh and uh, and Prabhupada and um, and so anyway, yeah, they were um, living together during the time of their uh, Gita um, commentaries were being penned and Prabhupada dedicated this to Baladev Vidyabhushan. Shiramarsh is more Vishwanath Chakvartitakur-esque, if you will. And these are the two seminal uh, commentators in our lineage on the Gita. We don't have an earlier um, commentary in our lineage on the Gita than Vishwanath Chakvartitakur, although it is said that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wrote out the verses of the Gita. Um, and that that edition is preserved somewhere in Nadi, I think near the, near the place or at the place of um, Goryas Pandit, the Subal of, of Gorlila. Um, but a, a, a commentary from the Gaudiya Jiva Goswami didn't write a commentary in the Gita, Sanatana Goswami. Of course, they cited verses from the Gita in their works here and there, and it would be a nice exercise to go and collect all the verses that they cited and those of Krishna's Kaviraj 
make a Gaudiya Gita out of those verses. But it's an important uh, text, obviously, it's spoken by Krishna himself. And so Vishwanath uh, Chakrabarti Thakur, as we heard last night, right, uh, for the span of the almost, well, the, almost the entirety of the 17th century into the early 18th century, he was commenting hmm, and writing extensively. So one of his works is the Gita edition, commentary, and his uh, disciple, follower, uh, Baladev Vidyabhusan, who had connection with him as a Siksha guru, wrote a commentary. You mean the disciple wrote a commentary after his guru already wrote one? Yes, that's it. <laughs> exactly what we mean. And, and they have different explanations here and there, both of which are right. Correct. So, um, so this is another work of uh, Srila Marja, work that uh, because of that uh, section, the Chaturshloki section of the Gita, and the way he wrote there, after writing his commentary, which is, for the most part, his commentary is built into the translation. So it's a Bhavanubad, Bhavanubad translation. He says it's, it's not a literal translation, but his feeling for the verse is put into the verse. Um, and uh, he didn't write it in English, but in Bengali. Hmm. But because of the esoteric uh, stretch and some of the sections, like we were talking with the Ragmarg, we some of the other famous verses are Pichet Sudaracharya, which comes before that, Chaturshloki section, and then this is the ninth chapter, and we cited that the other night. Pichet Sudaracharya, Bhajate Mamanamibhak, Sadureva Samantavya, Samyagya Vasitovisa. My devotees, even if they perform some, they misbehave, then because they're devotees, they're properly situated. Uh, not only should they be praised, but their be- misbehavior should be praised. Uh, uh, so that's what the verse after that can be interpreted to say. And if you do that, Arjuna, if you glorify their misbehavior, then you'll become well behaved. You'll become Chipram Dharma, Bhavati Dharmatma. And there, uh, Siddha Marsh gives his explanation, drawing from Bhakti Vinod, but he's developed it explanation that this applies to the gopis who obviously were, were very misbehaved. Hmm. They were immoral, apparently adulterous, adulterers, uh, and so forth. Uh, and, but if you glorify their adultery, you will become pious and more, is the point, right? Idam Javishnu, what was it, what was that verse? Idam Javishnu... Vikriditam Rajabadubiridam Javishnu Shadhan Vinu Shadhan Vigya Shadhan Shadhan Bhakti Param Bhatilabdhyabha Kamam Hridrogam Ashpapino Tiyachirena The end of the anyway, you know it better than the end of the Rasalila when Parikshit Mar says I don't know if I can digest this that the prince of Dharma the, the bridge of Dharma by which we cross over the world of impiety is uh, a running off with the, the wives of, uh, of, the, of the men of Brudge. How am I going to, how do I get this, uh, how am I to think about this? Hmm? And this is one of the verses of Sukadev's answer, of course, that these, if, if you hear about the uh, the Braja uh, Badu, the, the the wives of Braj and their affairs with Vishnu. Vishnu means all pervasive. That's a name for Krishna. That's an Aishvarya name. So he wants to kind of put the Madhurya and the Aishvarya together, so then it can make sense. Hmm? If he's everywhere, the implication is he's the husband of their husbands. Also, he's the Pati of everyone. Hmm. So there's an illusion of infidelity, but how can there be infidelity when there's chastity to, to Bhagwan? That's the height of piety. Samsidir, Haritoshanam, the perfection of Dharma, 
righteousness is the extent to which one's acts give pleasure to Hari, to Krishna. So he's very pleased by the gopis, and they're completely dedicated to him, which is what they're supposed to be. So there's an illusion of impropriety. Anyway, if you, they are misbehaved, it would appear, and if we glorify their misbehavior, we will become righteous and more. So these kind of explanations, and his explanation at the end of the Gita where Krishna says, Sarva Dharman Puritya Mamikam Sharanam Braja Hamtum Sarva Papebhu Moksha Yashami Masucha Give up the Dharma, Varnashram, Karma Marg, give up this Gyan Marg, Puritya Mamikam, no other gods or goddesses, me alone, take shelter of me, and come to me. Sarvadharman Pratyaja Mamekam Sharanam Braja. So Pujapachita Marsh comments that when he says, Come to me, the, the verb braj means come to me. He says it has, of course, a common meaning that is more the popular meaning. When you hear the word, the braj comes to your mind. Uh, and so when Krishna said this, his mind went to braj, and that's the end of the Gita. He couldn't say anymore. He was speaking about Dharma, but his mind was taken by the word to Braj, and he passed out, uh, thinking of, well, I'm speaking to you about Dharma. Early, it goes, you want to go the whole limit, Arjuna, it goes to Vrindavan. Hmm. Of course, in Gorlila, Arjuna was tested hmm, in the form of Ramananda Roy. Mahaprabhu said, I accept Babananda Roy, that's Pandu. Maharaj Pandu and his five sons as the Pandavas, amongst them Ramananda is Arjuna. So when he engaged Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Arjuna or Ramananda in answering his question, what is the essence of life, the goal of life, and how to attain it, the conversation between Ramananda Roy and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in that setting, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as Krishna was the questioner, and Ramananda who was Arjuna, was the answerer, just the opposite of the Gita, where Arjuna is the questioner and Krishna is the answerer. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu placed Arjuna as the answerer. He asked, the, and he himself asked the questions, and to see what Arjuna had understood hmm, about Dharma, was the, what's the goal of life and how to attain it. Hmm? And he understood very well that uh, that's the centerpiece of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, as the Gita is the centerpiece of the Mahabharata. Hmm? Uh, so, anyway, it's an aside, but um, these explanations, like Braj, and his mind went to Braj, this is, a, this is like a Bhavanuvad. It means that the, the words don't literally necessarily say that, but they, they, give, they cause that feeling in a devotee hmm, in, who has real bhakti, is living in the world of spiritual emotion. Hmm? So you could say, it doesn't say that. But then you have to think twice, yes, it does. <laughs> it makes a real devotee feel like this and say this. And so it's another meaning. Hmm? It's a real meaning because it's happening in the real world. It's affecting a, a devotee who's not in, in the world of illusion. He's in the transcendental world reflecting on the world, those words, and it has an effect. And the effect is is completely transcendental. So you have to get beyond the, the literal, uh, if you will, and, and, um, and uh, the feeling, such feelings, are. The, that's what's... If you apply the text properly and you get such feelings, you've understood the text. So... At any rate, the, it's not the common like uh, fair of the Bhagavad Gita, which where in which the setting in which Krishna is very Upanishadic, the teacher, you know, even in the even in the Mahabharat, even in the war, he's a little bit crooked, you know, more like him, himself. But the Gita, he's just pretty religious and giving an Upanishadic discourse. Even some of the texts of the Gita are direct quotes from the Upanishads and so forth and and uh, this is the this is the righteous Krishna that uh, India was uh, more prone inclined to accept and embrace under the assault of Victorian 
uh, England, hmm? questioning the the piety, the virtue of the uh, of Hinduism, hmm? given its uh, uh, the, the licentious texts like the Bhagavatam. Hmm? <laughs> uh, so some of the Hindu reformers under the British influence. They try to stay within Hinduism, but they were affected by Victorian sensibilities and wanted to edit away the, the Bhagavatam. Bhaktivinoda Thakur himself said that's the influence he was brought up under. He brought was brought up with a with a hatred for the Bhagavatam. Hmm? What it was about, what he was told it was about. But of course, when he had the good fortune to read Chaitanya Charitamrita, then he understood, oh, that Bhagavatam is, is not bad. <laughs> it's very good. It's the best of the best. And his beautiful lecture on the Bhagavat and his life and so forth of uh, spiritual uh, contribution and uh, dispensation and depth. They are first the first convert, convert, I call him. He was, everybody thought, He's going to join us. The Christians thought he's going to join us. The Brahmo Samaj people thought he's going to join us. When he joined the Gaudias, they said, what? The Gaudias, they're not even on the map. They're not even in the discussion here. And Bhaktivinoda said, that's the problem. <laughs> so you know, when they bring those teachings on the world stage, they have something to say and, uh, and so forth. So at any rate, um, given the nature of the Gita, as I'm explaining it, this commentary being rather racy in a sense, rasic, very rasic, Pujapatrita Marsh never published it. Hmm? That was a long way to get to my point there, but he never published it, he kept it. Hmm? And um, and so uh, when he met with the how would you refer to it, the wave of interest in his kata that came through Prabhupada's cracking open the door, if you need, if you want to, um, for philosophy, see my God, brother, be our Sridhar Marjav Navadweep, and so some started going and so forth, and the level of their interest, tribute to Prabhupada's um, preaching, how he, how his students were so, had such deep interest, uh, those that heard from Sridhar Marsh, he was impressed. He said, very, very, very extraordinary. So many disciples so interested in the subject. Hmm. So it brought things out of him. He said that he had kept him inside himself. Nobody had talked to about them. Hmm. So, so that was this nature of their his relationship with Prabhupada. He said that Magdi Siddhanta told him, Prabhupada, to bring me out um, to the public, but I'm very much tend to stay in the background. So, but Swami Maharaj Prabhupada was so determined to please our Guru Maharaj that even after his passing, he's pulling me out <laughs> through you all. Uh, once I was sitting with him, he said, "If I if, if I was if you had come when I was younger, we could have done something. Hmm? I'm old now. Any of you go and do something?" He told me. Um, but um, he was enthused by our enthusiasm, right? And so some things came out, like his Rig Veda Mantra commentary, Om Tad Vishnu Paramam Param Tate Nu Kampam Susamikshamanam. And we talked about this verse uh, uh, last night, his lecture on this has come out in his talks and so forth. He's, he's a very internal person. And he used to sit and just go over verses, a couple of verses, for a couple of days, thinking about them. That was how he preoccupied him himself and chanting and and uh, living a reclusive life after a life of preaching in the mission of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthakur. He got residence in Navadvip Dam, he said with by the by the with the permission and blessing of Nityananda Prabhu. People were coming to him, some people after the breakup of Gaudiya Math, asking for initiation. Prabhupada's sister was one of them. She got Harinam from Bhakti Siddhanta. She didn't get Mantradiksha, so she asked Sridhar Marsh, but he said, I'm not fit for giving initiations. Other people were running here and there, collecting disciples, but it was not his um, uh, calling and his within to, you know, to do that. He, 
And so he decided, and then there was arguing and this that was going on in Gaudiamav and and the powerful preaching mission of Bhakti Siddhanta without without the general of Bhakti Siddhanta. It had become influenced by um, um, outside enemies, even of Bhakti Siddhanta. So anyway, at a certain point, he just decided time to do anyway to do bhajan. So he went to Navadweep to 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 Ekchakra, the, the birthplace of Nityananda Prabhu, and there he prayed for Nityananda Prabhu to give him his blessing that he could reside and uh, do bhajan his life out there in Navadweep. And when he made the prayer, he got the impression in his heart that you ask for my mercy, but you don't give your mercy to anybody. Yeah. People are asking, but you don't give. And so he had to think about that. So he thought, make a compromise. Hmm? I will give if anyone comes to me, but I'm not going to go chasing after people. Hmm? So I I got permission and I have to give, but I will stay. I will do my bhajan. If any sincere people come, then I won't, won't turn them away. <laughs> so this is a negotiation with Nityananda Prabhu when he got his his residence there, and he was didn't make any effort to make it a great. Something's really going on here, you know. It wasn't uh, he wasn't too concerned with that, but with going deeper within what Krishna consciousness is about. Even by the time we arrived, uh, I think he started his month 1942 or something like that. Hmm? And um, it was Keshav Marsh who, who had a moth next door that helped him to purchase the property and he just had a little little setup there. Govinda Marsh was there, his successor, and he told us that sometimes they didn't have enough rice to go around, and he would want to leave. But before leaving, he went and asked the trees for permission, and they wouldn't give it, so he stayed. Hmm? And they, whatever groomers said, there's no rice we don't eat today, then they'd have to fast. So groomers fasting, we're fasting. Uh, so um, this was his, uh, his life. Hmm? And even by the time we got there, the Nath Mandir wasn't finished, and so then Prabhupada, at the time of his passing, just before that, he allocated funds for finishing the moth of Sridhar Marsh. Hmm? That's another, how that played out is another story. <laughs> um, not worth telling on this auspicious occasion, but uh, um, eventually it was Prabhupada's disciples, like ourselves, hmm? not the official ones who were supposed to fund it, that Funded it and uh, and uh, and also built a temple in uh, Papania in his place of birth and and uh, his uh, Chaitanya Saraswat uh, moth flag you know flew, has flown all over the world um, by the combined influence of uh, of the wave of persons first and second generation that came from Prabhupada and then of course. Um, uh, Pujapat Govinda Maharaj as a successor and so forth. Um, so, um, anyway, he he had a number of writings as the point, the Gita, and he asked when this enthusiasm and interest was coming, he thought, well, maybe we'll publish it, you know. Hmm? So he asked um, one of Prabhupada's disciples who was coming to see him at that time before Iskon decided... Um, the Prabhupada's uh, opinion was not very good on that, and that we shouldn't go to Sridhar Maharaj for philosophy. It's <laughs> uh, like, who's the deviant here? It's, uh, I'll leave it for you to figure that out. But um, um, he asked uh, uh, a sannyasi disciple of Prabhupada who was fluent in Bengali to translate it and so forth. But uh, he didn't do it eventually. Uh, I think uh, Kainanda Maharaj, Sagar Maharaj did that. And so and then some of the other works, too, that were sitting there that had never been published, his private writings, which is a beautiful thing about writing. Hmm? Like we take the celebrated poem of Prabhupada that he wrote on the Jaladutta, where he speaks about his inner life and so forth. He never had any plan or intention of, of publishing it. Hmm? 
writing, as Prabhupada would say sometimes, for one's own purification and edification. And he encouraged us to do that. Hmm? Um, I have a little of that spirit. Where, you know, I can't, um, you know, I used to be a big bookseller and so forth, but I can't you know, sell even a few of my own copies of my own book these days, but I feel like I'll give my everything to that and I feel uh, I'm learning from it. So I'm a devotee. I'm benefiting from it. That's one. A few others can. I think they can. So keep enough around so generations pass and policies that are in place are seen for what they are. Then, then you all can sell them and live off of them. They'll be popular. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't want a contemporary commentary on Chikshastakam? I'm thinking, you know, wouldn't that be a big bestseller? Everybody would want. I would certainly get one. You know, so I think I would buy it. So, at any rate, um, he had a storehouse of things. Uh, his commentary on the on the Gaya, Brahma Gayatri Mantra, um, and some poems and poems of. Uh, Glorification of Bhakti Vinod, one of which uh, in which um, he gave to Bhakti Siddhanta. Bhakti Siddhanta said in this poem, Bhakti Vinod has, has appeared in the poem. Hmm? He captured him. Of course, Pujapachita Murs's poem, famous poem about uh, Bhakti Siddhanta. Hmm? Uh, pranamami Sada Prabhupada Padam. Pranamami Sada Prabhupada Padam. Yeah, Prabhupada uh, Padma Stavaka. It's uh, a beautiful poem, and it is sung in every branch of Gaudiya Math every every day. And in some of them, it is engraved on the wall. Hmm. And Prabhupada told Akhoyananda Marsha at the time was in president of Vrindavan, it should be sung. Yes, it should be sung every day in all of our temples. But it's something that never you know happened. Um, and so it's just a, it's a very, very powerful uh, statement that if, if, if I was to write a poem that every temple of uh, organized or opened by my godbrothers and godsisters, they sang it there because they felt Prabhupada was so present in that, that would be quite a, a compliment. Hmm? This, is, this is how they felt about the poem, that, that he had so much encapsulated what, uh, in Sanskrit verse, what Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was, was about. And it's quite a, an extraordinary uh, compliment and accomplishment. And again, he, and, and he wrote in Sanskrit, so he was a Sanskritist. And uh, his work, um, to go on, um, but they sing every day in Chaitanya Saraswati Mahat, ten verses of it. Um, it's about the life of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Primadam Devastotram, very beautiful uh, Sanskrit verses, hundred some Sanskrit verses. It's like uh, you know, it's right out of five hundred years ago. Hmm? Uh, the work of uh, uh, the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Kaviraj Goswami, Vrindavan Das, um, Murari Gupta, Ram Das, Murari hmm? Gupta, um, uh, and so forth. Uh, it, it uh, you know, it's a series of verses taking you through the high points in the narrative of of Gorlila. Hmm? Uh, these are really very, very um, precious uh, uh, jewels of the uh, of the Sampradaya, and through Prabhupada's influence and his desire to fulfill the. Anything that Bhakti Siddhanta asked of him, one of which was bring him out, you know, for the preaching. He's good. So, through extension of Prabhupada, who opened the door to us to go there, some of these things uh, were. I think all of them have been, uh, been his writings have been published. Um, so, um, we should avail ourselves to uh, uh, take advantage of of, of that, and. Um, and you know, share them with the world. It's 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 it's, it's uh, a wealth, a wealth of our uh, sampradaya and our lineage, in particular. We're humbly proud to be humble members of the Bhakti Vinod 
Paribar, Paribar, the Sri Chaitanya Saraswat from from Chaitanya to Bhakti Siddhanta, and then of course to his uh, his his, his uh, disciples like Arbhu Maharaj and Shiddha Maharaj. So um, yeah, very um, significant combination contribution from a person who was very um, uncomfortable putting himself in the front, bring putting himself under the light in in the public, which is a very good quality. When uh, Balabhatirtha Maharaj, uh, the successor of uh, Bhakti Daitimad of Maharaj, one of Prabhupada's godbrothers, was uh, asked by um, Pramod Puri Goswami Maharaj, another of Prabhupada's godbrothers, to go to the West and preach. Hmm? This was in recent years. He's passed on uh, recently, and he was infirmed for at least a decade, uh, but prior to that he did some a couple of tours. I hosted him at Audarya once in the midst of one of our Rathiatra festivals there where we were speaking on Rathiatra Leela for a week and he came for a day and a night and spoke something. Um, but uh, he came on the order of Puri Maharaj with a couple of householder disciples. And so he was asked, you know, why he brought some householder disciples instead of of the sannyasis, and he said his reason was because oh, because then if they get this sannyasi comes, then he'll come back to India and say, I've preached in the West <laughs> because he could become, you know, I have preached in the West, I'm important, so we don't give him the chance to have that weed grow, so to speak. Householder comes, he went to the West, would you go to do business? You know? <laughs> Something like that. So that was his his strategy. Um, so um, there's different ways to think about these things. I once, once met a disciple of Yerdai uh, Bon Maharaj in Vrindavan, hmm? young fellow, and um, just in the street. And we were both Godias, and you know, so he introduced some. He spoke very good English, and uh, so I'm talking to him, and uh, and I said at some point. I think he, he, he showed respect to me because I was a sannyasi, so I asked, you know, well, what is your name? Who is your guru? And so forth. So we had a conversation. And then I said to him, I said, why don't you go to the West and preach? And he said, why should I do that? You know, that was like all we ever thought, that's what you should do, you know, but he, he said, I live in Vrindavan. You know, it just struck me like, yeah, you got a good answer. <laughs> Pretty good answer. You know? uh, <laughs> there's something to be said for that uh, also. And the boiling of the milk and and so forth. Hmm? Um, so it's a good quality that uh, uh, Sridhar Maharaj was uh, like that and he was uh, known in that way to be objective, not at all compromised in any way politically or, you know, he said, I, in my life I always spoke the truth. Um, I lived mostly alone but um, I could speak the truth anyway. I didn't have to compromise, and uh, so that's my wealth, something like that. Godbrothers of Pujapad Sridhar Maharaj, when a, um, like Bon Maharaj, uh, like Madhav Maharaj, for example, um, like um, uh, Goswami Maharaj, and so forth, when they would, who had temples, uh, Madhav Maharaj had at least a dozen temples that he opened. They weren't just sitting idle. You know. They were opening temples in India and preaching, and preaching in the Punjab, largely. Bon Maharaj, a little different, but he had some temples also. Um, Goswami Maharaj and others. And um, they, when they, the point is, when they would come to Sridhar Maharaj's mat, they would pay their obeisances to him on the street outside before going in the gate to see their godbrother. And they had regard for him. After all, it was at the time of the passing of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur that he asked in, in Manjari Bhav that Narutam Thakur's song on that subject would be sung. Sri Rupa Manjari Pada Sampada And Puri Goswami Maharaj who was a Kirtanir, began to sing it and Saraswati Thakur stopped him and said, no, I don't want a sweet voice. Let Sridhar Maharaj speak. He has realization. Hmm? 
And so Shudamursh had a, I thought it was a sweet voice, but it wasn't like, you know, a sweet voice from a, you know, totally musical point of view or perspective. So Shudamursh sang the song and all attention went went to him, which he didn't want, but it did. And they reasoned that the Thakur, Saraswati Thakur had given him entrance into Manjari Bhav at, at that time. Hmm? He used to think about it a little differently. He said, I'm at the gate, posted at the gate, Bhakti Rakshak, the protector. I'm not letting in just anybody in. That, that's my position, protector of Bhakti. Hmm? Um, so he had a good, uh, good reputation. That's why the GBC that formed some history in, uh, in Gaudiamath was after passing of Bhakti Siddhanta, which he was not a member of, not uh, wanting to be involved. Um, even after debating issues, hmm, particularly about how to proceed with regard to the Acharya, hmm, some people thought Ananta Vasudeva should, should be the Acharya. He should take the service. He was a brahmachari and he was... You should see the things that Bhakti... You should read the things that Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati said about him. And if you think Prabhupada said... He said a few things to Prabhupada. Yes, he will do everything. If you ever get money, print books, and, you know, compl- few complimentary things. He listens very well. Yeah. Well, you should see the things he said about Ananta Vasudeva. Wherever I go, Vasudeva knows. Wherever I am in my speech, he knows where I am, where I'm thinking, where what the next verse will be, and so forth. So a book published about Ananta Vasudeva's uh, um, rapport with uh, with Bhakti Siddhanta and how dear he was to him, and so forth. And um, so some people thought he should he should take the role, and then some of the sannyasis, they thought, no, we should, you know, there should be several of us, we should initiate. So there was a debate how they would go on. And someone suggested, stood up, one of the sannyasis stood up and said, none of us can compare to Guru Maharaj. Everyone goes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and he went on praising Bhakti Siddhanta in so many ways. He said, therefore, he said, we should have no acharya. He should remain the acharya, and we will initiate on his behalf as ritvik. And it was a beautiful praise of bhakti. No one could say, "No, I'm more qualified," or "As qualified." No one would step up and say that, or even felt that. And when you, you know, this is an, a a a, a um, hair heresy, you know, uh, in, in, but, but it's combined with a very beautiful glorification of Bhakti Siddhanta and many truthful statements, and it was coming from the person's heart, but he, you know, his heart and his head weren't, you know, quite connected with the Siddhanta, and he, you know, he came out with this position. And so, some of them turned to Sridhar Maharaj and said, can you say anything? It, you know, it sounds good, but it doesn't sound right. So Sridhar Maharaj stood up and said, you know, what you said about our Guru Maharaj is true, what you said about us is true too. He said, but we're not Sikhs. Sikhs, you see, the Sikhs did that. After the, I don't know, the seventh Sikh Guru, then they decided there's no, there will be no more Gurus. And so this isn't a common phenomenon hmm, of ending these Guru Paramparas and so forth out of, out of fanaticism. It has a sincere heart to it, but it but it's not in it has a good sentiment, but it doesn't um, um, it's not supported by the Siddhanta. Hmm? You need both, right? You need the sentiment and you need the, the philosophy. What did Prabhupada used to say? Since uh, sentiment without philosophy is uh, fanaticism, and philosophy without any sentiment is uh, mental speculation, something like that. So we have a beta bed. The abed is the philosophy, it's one, and the bed is the different expressions of that, ways to serve, bhavas to attain, and which ornament and beautify the, the unity of the uh, singularity, if you will, of the teaching. Mm-hmm. So, uh, everyone, yeah, that's right. So that idea was immediately retired, and... Uh, 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 and so, you know, he, he played in a prominent role. But when 
debate, the debate that followed and so forth, uh, which was the beginning of this split, they couldn't come to a, a you know, a, a vote that everybody was satisfied with, and there were arguments on either side that were were good and so forth, and they, so they went to Sridhar Marsh. Hmm. Some of them, let's get his opinion. He's not on the GBC, but we know he's objective. So they presented the what they felt was the evidence, and he said, well, if you ask me, and those are the only two choices, then maybe you should go with Ananta Vasudev, because Ananta Vasudev is not asking to be the guru. He's not a sannyasi. He's a brahmachari, so he doesn't have any possibility of being infected by the prestige of being a sannyasi and where everybody looks to you and bows to you and you know defers to you and so forth these sannyasis some of them they want to initiate hmm? so maybe they maybe they have some maybe there's some personal interest hmm? so he gave his just typical objective you know and then he went on with his bhajan <laughs> so to speak and so there was the split. Ananta Vasudev was supported, and the Tirtamaraj split. Hmm. Tirtamaraj then bargained with some of the sannyasis, go with me against Ananta Vasudev, we'll defeat him, and then oh, you will all be acharyas, we will all be acharyas. And so they helped him, and then then he didn't support them. <laughs> and then they said, well, heck with you, Tirtamaraj, and they went on, and they did good, you know, Keshav Maharaj, and Madhav Maharaj and others and so forth, um, 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 better than either Tirtha Maharaj or Tirtha Maharaj, of course, was Kunju, but was the manager of the whole of Gaudiamat. So nothing went on in Gaudiamat that he didn't know about. Um, and he, he he took the inspirational person of Bhakti Siddhanta and gave it shape. So he was like. He, he was in every pore of the Gaudiamat, so he had reason to think he should be the the, the acharya. Hmm. It was really like him or Tirtha Marsh, and then some other sannyasis. He, like I say, he gathered them up for support, as it turned out. Well, anyway, in due course, uh, just to finish the history of what happened, as you might be interested to know, uh, Nantabasudev um, wanted certain reforms and so forth. Many of them, which were actually. Uh, well thought out and uh, and all um, that would cause the mission to move in a little bit of a different way, more internal, more milk boiling. Hmm. He had seen that the preaching was good, but at a certain certain extent, it, maybe it's gone too far and it's created a, some problem where the, the where the they, uh, we're concerned with making new people, but we're not going deeper ourselves. Things like this, and um, he had he had you know most of the followers very very scholarly. And he t- did take sannyas. I don't know, maybe he took it from a picture or about. I don't know how he became Puri Maharaj, um, but um, and he had uh, um, some doubts that came up um, and. And he had a moral lapse that followed that. And once that happened, then Tirtha Marsh claimed victory. And meanwhile, other sannyasis had gone their own way. So you can have the victory. You know, I've got my mouth over here. And and uh, Prabhupada went along. Our Prabhupada, um, you can find in the folio, how we, we him, him giving reference to Vasudev and. Uh, uh, he uh, was supportive of Vasudev indirectly, kind of a, um, and he was also then after Ananta Vasudev left, then he wrote to Tirtha Maharaj for taking sannyas. Tirtha Maharaj was the official. He had the official Godiamat. Everything, everything else was a new, you know, the Chaitanya Saraswat Mat, the the um, what's Keshav Maharaj's mission, the. Uh, um, Vedanta Samiti. You know, this was the Chaitanya Math, Gaudiya Math. He was the. Everyone else was was not. You know, was a was a uh, renegade. You know, he was in the real mission of Bhakti. So anyway, history repeats itself. You can see, um, and it was very. You can imagine it was very helpful 
for someone like myself to have Pooja Patrita Marsh's association hear these histories in greater detail that Prabhupada never spoke about and probably wasn't privy to because he wasn't a member of inside the moth as a brahmachari or a sannyasi, but he was a householder and, you know, he said he only spent uh, a total of a couple of weeks, a day here, a day there, personally with Bhakti Siddhanta and he had his family to take care of and, and so forth. So we got, you know, a different, another, another, another look at the inner workings of the moth and, and the breakup of it. And you can imagine, it's not something you can, you can definitively weigh in on comprehensively in a paragraph. Hmm? All that happened transpired over years and all the factors. It's, it's shocking how some, some devotees can take it, like Prabhupada wrote a paragraph, and that's all, that's all there is to the whole of the Gaudiya Moth and the breakup, and it's, there's nothing more to be said, and, um, and even ignoring what he says later in the fourth canto, all of them are preaching according to their own capacity, and well, any of the good things. Um, so it's a very complex system. I mean, we went through, some of us, um, Prabhupada's disciples, the... Uh, well, it's a little different now than it was when we were in Is- Is- Iskon and had joined and so forth. And it, uh, there's a lot of stories to tell, right? Everybody can write a book about it. Um, so, um, similarly with Gaudiya Matam, we had the opportunity to have the association of Shiva Maharaj and share some of those histories and how he, he reflected on it. And, and um, that was his role, anyway, in in siding with Ananta Vasudeva. You can see it was quite innocent, but uh, Prabhupada criticized him once for it in a letter, the famous letter to Rupanuga, and then we showed it to him, and he said, Ah, Swami Marsh has not even spared me in this criticism. Such a friend. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, um, anyway, very significant disciple of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, our Guru Marsh, Pujapatrita uh, Marsh. He also was one of the few uh, students of Bhakti Siddhanta who, after the Thakur lectured in Bengali to the students or in English, sometimes he would lecture in English to a Bengali crowd. Once he was asked, Gurmash, it might have been better if you had spoken in Bengali. He said, I'm not speaking in English or Bengali. Hmm? Just sit there and be in touch with the the flow of what's, what's coming through me, something like that. But when he would speak, um, he was scholarly and, and not everyone could follow him. So Sridhar Marsh would, was, would, would, after the class, they'd come to him and he'd say, he meant this, he said this, this is the point, this is what he was saying here. He said, so he was, he, he knew him very well. Back Bhakti Siddhanta Sastri Thakur said, I wanted that Sridhar Marsh would go to England because I knew he could never be converted. Mm-hmm. Hmm. He referred to him by the title. He used to give titles to certain devotees. Hmm. Would say something about them and their service and so forth. So he he um, referred to him as Shastra Nipun Sridhar Marsh. Shastra Nipun is a, is a term that uh, uh, comes up in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu where... Uh, Rupa Goswami speaking about eligibility to tread the path of bhakti as a kanishta, madhyam, and uttam. One of the characteristics of the uttam is shastra, shastra nipun. It means like a scriptural genius. Hmm. So he had a uh, deep understanding of the, the text. It was very uh, powerful for us to have his company um, because he was also familiar with East, with Western philosophy. You know, he had read some, um, you know, Hegel, he would cite, or um, Kant, what's the one in Berkeley, Bishop Berkeley, um, Hume, and so forth. So every now and then he would cite them, you know, and bring that into, and we see Gaudiya says a similar thing here, like Hume has said over here. Or, you know, it was uh, very, uh, very interesting and uh, Refreshing and very Bhaktivinoda-esque, if 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 you will, and uh, a very uh, nuanced uh, person. Nothing was black and white, Shridhar Marsh. Nothing was black and white. Hundred two hundred fifty-six shades of 
gray, as they used to say in the computer world, a long time ago, I guess. But it was very so. You know, a question to him caused him to question. Well, let's think about that. You know, and it says this here, and it could be taken like this or this here. And so it was very. Um, that's where I get some of that, right? <laughs> it's very, very. Uh, eye-opening, if you will, and insightful and, and refreshing. He very much told us that your Guru Maharaj has put so many things in your heart and now you have to, th- and to- stopped you from thinking and just put these things in your heart when you weren't looking. Now, when you weren't thinking, now you have to think about them and reflect on them and bring them out. What are the implications and so forth? What a guide to have, you know, at, at such a crucial time after the disappearance of Bhagavan Raj and the chaos that ensued um, with his disappearance with regard to the issue of authority, hmm? guru. We knew we had an authority in Prabhupada and that was like everything to us. You know, we, we were okay. We had a, a definitive opinion. That's it. We go with that. <laughs> and uh, that suddenly became um, displaced. So the very center of our orbit, if you will, was displaced. And, of course, we were had to think, and one of the ways to think was, let's find good association somewhere, and, and it was to Sridhar that Prabhupada had cracked the door as a distinct possibility. And if you went there with, an, with that kind of thinking in mind, you found uh, a very, very um, expert authority, hmm? very ath- authoritative, and um, and very affectionate, also very very elderly and affectionate. He was about eighty percent, ninety percent blind at the time. He could hardly come off of his veranda, but he would come out every morning for two hours when when disciples of Prabhupada were there at his moth and speak with them. And a couple hours in the evening, also they energized him with their questioning and interest and so forth. And so, as I began, many of his words have been published in in books. That's a very great service rendered. And, uh, and then there are his original writings as well that uh, you would do well to acquaint yourself with much nourishment there. This is, should, should have been shared with everyone. It was, it, it's, when I first came in touch with that flow of kata, I thought, well, there's a solution to everything. <laughs> this is what we were looking for. Definitive, uh, you know, responses that that not only satisfy the intellect, but they they, they cause the heart to swell. Hmm? It's right. You can tell with the head and with the heart. You can feel it. It's, and you want to know what else is there. There's more. Yeah. So it's very, very... Um, I mean, you couldn't find a better fit for a Siksha Guru, for Prabhupada, after his passing. They lived together, as I said, for six years. Um, it was it was to Sridhar Maharaj's mouth that Prabhupada first, first took his disciples when he returned to India to learn how to perform the Guru Puja on the day of Sridhar Maharaj's Vyasa Puja. And there was Krishnadas Babaji, who after singing the Vishwanachapatitakra's Gurbastakam, Sangsara Dava Nanali Loka, he said, Jai Prabhupada, Jai Prabhupada, Jai Prabhupada, in reference to Bhakti Siddhanta. So the disciples of Prabhupada asked, Can we do that too? For you? Prabhupada gave permission. So the Jai Prabhupada that came from Peter Marsh's mouth. Hmm. <laughs> uh, so much uh, uh, history, and um, we should be very proud hmm, of our. Uh, uh, good fortune to have his connection and blessing. I mean, very affectionate, very extremely uh, well-wishing of the uh, disciples of Prabhupada that they would could succeed and uh, carry on the mission. And it would he would lose sleep over that. That what Swami Maharaj has done, it has to go on. It has to go on through them. Hmm? Uh, they must. I can try to help them step into the shoes. They must do that. 
what he has done for India, what he has done for Gaudius, what he has done for the world. Oh, Arab. We are so proud, he told me, with tears in his eyes, he said. What he has done for Gaudiya Vaishnava, what he has done for Hinduism, what he has done for India, what he has done for the world. Hmm? And he was weeping. Hmm? That, it, that it will not go on. I cannot, I cannot tolerate that. I cannot tolerate that people are leaving that after coming from, from, you know, to it out of material, not karma. So I cannot, I cannot tolerate that. So it was very, imagine, very moving to have to be in, in the presence of his his feeling for that, and 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 to have him characterized as somebody who didn't, you know, was just the opposite, you know, a person who wanted prestige and to be in the limelight and steal the glory of Prabhupada. And, you know. and I thought at one point, if at ninety, you know, something years old and you can't even see and so forth, and that's what you're interested in, man, this doesn't work. <laughs> You know, that doesn't make any sense. And of course, I can see it's not true, but I mean, what kind of, how could, where's the logic to support that? You know, if that's what you end up after your whole life and you're a sannyasi of Bhakti Siddhanta and you're 90% blind and you wonder why I'm still here. Swami Maharaj was orbiting around the globe like an Olympian, you know, carrying the torch and, uh, and he's passed away, and I've been sitting here all the time thinking I'm going to die. You know, doctors are telling me any time now, and still I'm here, and he's gone. You know, why? What is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu want of of me? And to think that in that position, some of Prabhupada's disciples came to him and he thought, now and he thought, and, he, and to think he would think, now I can take over Iskon and become famous. I mean, you know. All that time spent, and that's what you would arrive at, and I would like Gaudiya Vaishnavism doesn't work. Hmm? Um, so, a very, very uh, special person has been very much misunderstood and um, didn't make a big effort to explain himself, but just shared um, his inner thoughts on things that he had contemplated for years and answered our questions and and so forth. So we should... Make sure to let others know if the opportunity arises. This is yours. Sri Ramarsh is yours. Prabhupada gave him to you. Not only the disciples of Prabhupada, the grand disciples, to share that wealth. Prabhupada, the last conversation Prabhupada had with him was, it was a conversation in which he said, I very much would like you to come to Mayapur. My disciples are building a house for me there in Mayapur, and I will make it a two-story, and you will have upstairs. Hmm? And there will be no effort necessary on your part to go up the stairs. We will make a lift. We'll have an elevator so that you can go up. And people will come, this is Prabhupada's vision about Mayapur, right? People will come from all over the world, hmm? and I will be traveling, and you will be there, and they will hear you, and this way you can share your realizations with them. It's very much... I, Desire this that that they that the world would through Mayapur they could you know, take advantage of your teaching. Shiram hmm. says, "Well, you know, let me think about it." And he told us, Zami thought he thought, how am I going to do that? I'm you know I'm just about ready to pass out pass out here and die, you know." And and uh, he never thought he would out outlive um, Prabhupada. And Prabhupada also to be you know fully accurate on it, he also had a concern. He really wanted to share Sridhar realizations with us, but he circumstances arose from time uh, to time that made it complicated because Sridhar was loved by everybody. He was so um, neutral, you know, um, unbiased and so forth, and objective, that other people would come, and they might be critical. There's other godbrothers who were critical of Prabhupada. And so, so Prabhupada said, he should come, maybe he shouldn't come, yeah, I don't know. But he, there's one thing that's very clear in the history of the relationship that Prabhupada wanted that we t- could take advantage of the wealth of Sridhar Maharaj's realization, about which he said, if you heard what he and I talked about, you would faint. Hmm. So, it's been made available and and by the force of Prabhupada's own desire 
to fulfill Bhakti Siddhanta's order to him of him to bring him out. So, so we're following through on that uh, today here a little bit, tell a little bit of the history. Hmm. We should be very proud to have him on our altars. All of you altars, home altars, you should have a picture of him there and seek his his, his grace. It's uh, uh, help you very much in your. Your, your spiritual life. Pujapad Bhakti Vakakshita Dev Goswami Maharaj Ki Jai. Isi Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupad Ki Jai. Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasadi Thakur Prabhupad Ki Jai. Bhakti Vinod Puribar Ki Jai. Goradamadava Ki Jai. Gorbhakta Brinda Ki Jai. Gold Premanandi.